This is VOA News via remote. I'm Tommy McNeil. Independence Day celebrations in the United States were rattled by a shooting that left at least six people dead and uh, at a parade in uh, the state of Illinois. The shooting further rocked the nation already awash in turmoil over high court rulings on abortion and guns, as well as hearings on the January 6th insurrection. Police say at least 30 other people were wounded in the attack in Chicago's suburb of Highland Park. Authorities brought a person of interest into custody in Monday evening. The latest mass shooting came as the nation tried to find a cause to celebrate its founding and the bonds that still hold it together. The White House has confirmed that basketball star Brittany Griner and President Russia has sent U.S. President Joe Biden a letter appealing for some type of help. We get more from AP correspondent Ben Thomas. In a handwritten note to the president, Brittany Griner says she's terrified she might be in that Russian prison forever and pleads Biden not forget about her and other American detainees. The two-time Olympic gold medalist notes on the 4th of July her family normally honors the service of those who fought for freedom, including her father, a Vietnam War veteran. But she adds freedom means something completely different to her this year. Russian authorities arrested Griner in February on charges of possessing cannabis oil, and she's now on trial. The White House calls Griner's detention wrongful and says it's working aggressively to bring her home. Ben Thomas, Washington. Russian President Vladimir Putin on Monday declared a victory in the eastern Ukrainian region of Luhansk one day after Ukrainian forces withdrew from their remaining bulwark of uh, resistance in the province. Putin's declaration came as Russian forces were trying to press their offensive deeper into eastern Ukraine after capturing the Luhansk uh, stronghold. This is VOA News. A member of the uh, House January 6th committee says more witnesses are coming forward with new details on the Capitol insurrection following former White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson's devastating testimony last week against former President Donald Trump. The Illinois Republican Congressman Adam Kinzinger says that there will be way more information in two public hearings this month and to stay tuned because people are emerging every day. Kensinger says that there will be more information, and Hutchinson testified that Trump wanted to join an angry mob of his supporters who marched to the Capitol, where they rioted. Hutchinson also said then White House counsel Pat Cipollone was concerned Trump would face criminal charges if the Republican then-president joined them. COVID-19 vaccine boosters later this year, and they'll likely feature a notable difference from existing vaccines. More from VOA's Jeff Custer. While many in the U.S. may like to think the COVID-19 pandemic is over, the nation continues to see nearly 110,000 new cases and 316 deaths per day from the disease. While these numbers are a shadow of where they were at the height of the pandemic, federal regulators are still keeping an eye on the virus that causes COVID-19. Last week, the Food and Drug Administration recommended drug makers create new boosters targeting the most recent subvariants of the Omicron variant. University of Wisconsin Immunization Program Director Dr. James Conway said the FDA made the recommendation because the virus keeps changing. The goal is hopefully to actually get more focused or targeted immunity against these newer strains by updating and modifying the vaccines in a way that actually allows people to maintain protection and actually boost against the newer strains as those keep coming around. Conway said we should expect to see the new boosters by October. Jeff Custer, VOA News, Washington. The U.S. Navy's Mideast Space Fifth Fleet is starting to offer rewards for information that could help sailors intercept weapons, drugs, and other illicit shipments across the region. VOA's Marissa Melton. 
The program launches on Tuesday against the backdrop of tensions over Iran's nuclear program and Tehran's arming of Yemen's Houthi rebels. The Fifth Fleet says it seized $500 million worth of drugs alone in 2021, more than the four prior years combined. It also intercepted 9,000 weapons last year, and that's three times the number seized in 2020. Marissa Melton, VOA News. U.S. officials have concluded that the bullet that killed veteran Al Jazeera reporter Shireen Abu Akleh was likely fired from an Israeli position, but they say it's still too badly damaged to reach an absolute determination and that there is no reason to believe that she was deliberately targeted. There is more at voanews.com. Via remotes, I'm Tommy McNeil, VOA News. Today is Tuesday, July 5th, and this is VOA's International Edition. I am Chinerofo in Washington. Coming up in the next half hour, the European Union sets up a platform to rebuild Ukraine as Russia's president declares victory in the Luhansk region. European Commission has proposed to the government of Ukraine to set up a reconstruction platform to map investment needs, coordinate action, to channel resources. And President Joe Biden hails the endurance of America's democracy as a gunman kills six at the 4th of July parade in Chicago. We remain in an ongoing battle for the soul of America as we have for over 200 years. I know it can be exhausting and unsettling, but tonight I want you to know we're going to get through all of this. And UNICEF says humanitarian aid is flowing into previously inaccessible areas in Ethiopia's embattled Tigray region. We'll have these stories and more next on International Edition. Stay tuned. The President of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, said on Monday that the EU will set up a reconstruction platform to coordinate the rebuilding of Ukraine after its war with Russia. This has Russian President Vladimir Putin declared victory in the eastern Ukrainian region of Luhansk. Von der Leyen told the Ukraine Recovery Conference in the Swiss city of Lugano that the platform will map investment needs, coordinate action, and channel resources. The European Commission has proposed to the government of Ukraine to set up a reconstruction platform to map investment needs, to coordinate action, to channel resources, and of course in support of an ambitious reform agenda. The Kremlin's goal is the military, political, and economic destruction of Ukraine. They want to undermine Ukraine's very existence as a state. We cannot and we will never let that happen. Since the beginning of the war, we have all mobilized. The European Union, for example, has mobilized around about 6.2 billion euros in financial support. And as you know, more has to come and more will come. That's the President of European Commission, Asla van der Leyen. Ukrainian Prime Minister Denis Shymal said on Monday that his country needs $750 billion for a three-stage recovery plan in the wake of Russia's invasion. Shymal said that there had been over $100 billion of direct damage to Ukrainian infrastructure from Russia's invasion. He said the country's recovery plan had three phases. Ukraine's military is outmatched by Russia's arsenal, especially when it comes to long-range artillery. 
In the early days of the war, Ukrainians effectively used drones to assist their forces repel Russian invaders. These included not only military drones like the Turkish-made Bakaya TB2 drones, but also civilian varieties. Some analysts said Russia had adapted to Ukraine's strategy and drones are becoming less effective. Cameron Shell is the CEO and president of Dragonfly, the largest commercial drone company in the world. He says there is still a role for the crowds to play and discusses their uses with Flashpoint Ukraine's Steve Miller. This war was a drone war. The equalizing force, other than the resolve of the incredible Ukrainian people, was drones. And it wasn't Russian drones. It was $2,000 drones or $10,000 drones that were held by specific militias or different units could get better intel than their Russian counterparts or could use it for targeting. Or just as a disruptor, I mean, when you put a drone up in the air in warfare, everything stops because you got to get that drone out of the air. So you might put a $2,000 drone up in the air and absolutely the only priority for both sides of the equation is to get that drone out of the air because they likely know they're being targeted and they are not easy to be taken down. So the proof is in the pudding. These things, very few of them, like literally probably less than 1,000 drones made probably determined 30 to 40% of the entire outcome of those initial battles. So if you translate that into how can that be applied into other areas like demining and humanitarian relief and everything else, they're a force multiplier. You were there as part of an effort to deploy some drones and work with local individuals on setting them up. So what can you share with us in, in terms of what you were doing there in, in terms of, of your mission, as you put it, to convey the, the instructional use of these drones? So we had three primary areas of focus right now and several more coming, but one is on humanitarian relief using drones for delivery. And so these are drones that now these drones are particularly now when we were first deploying them, Kiev was, was a key area. Now the deployment of these drones has moved obviously much further east. And so these drones are used for the delivery of supplies, humanitarian supplies into areas that emergency medical workers or service workers or ambulances can't get into. Strikingly, the three most requested supplies that are being delivered by drones right now are insulin, antibiotics, and rape kits. And it's incredible to see the direct impact that these drones are having and the immediacy of the impact and the lives that they're saving. The second area is search and rescue drones. So these are drones that are being used primarily with infrared or thermal cameras on them to look through debris or rubble or areas of destruction for heat signatures people that might be alive or such that you can, so that rescue crews can get to them more quickly. And then the third area, which is actually was the biggest focus of this last trip was mine detection. So we're using multiple types of sensors on drones to fly over fields and identify anomalies that are mines. We then looking and working to provide those maps to the demining crews, working with their standing operating procedures so that they're going into these fields with a sense of where they need to start to map all these mines out. We made tremendous headway in that regard. And it's some estimates are as high as 40 years in order to demine Ukraine. That's Cameron Chell, the CEO and president of commercial drone company Dragonfly, speaking with Flashpoint Ukraine, Steve Miller. U.S. President Joe Biden hailed endurance of America's democracy and declared the nation's best days ahead in his 4th of July Independence Day address. Biden said his administration will continue to defend the ideals of democracy and pledge support for Ukraine as it continues to resist Russia's invasion. In recent days, there's been reason to think that this country is moving backward, that freedom is being reduced, 
that rights we assume were protected are no longer. A reminder that we remain in an ongoing battle for the soul of America, as we have for over 200 years. I know it can be exhausting and unsettling, but tonight I want you to know we're going to get through all of this. For all that we have faced, that we are going to get through this and look how far we've come. We're reclaiming our way of life in a pandemic. Vaccines are nearly available to every American. Restrictions lifted the 4th of July together again at the White House. And for all the challenges, America has the strongest economy in the world. More people working and starting businesses, more young people graduating from high school and college than ever before. I just returned from an important trip, the military will understand, to Europe, the NATO meeting. We're relying on what we can do to rally the free world to defend freedom. That's U.S. President Joe Biden. Illinois police say they have the 22-year-old man identified as a person of interest in the shooting during an Independence Day parade in custody as they continue investigating the violence that killed at least six people and wounded at least 30 and sent hundreds of people fleeing. Highland Park Police Chief Lou Jagman said Monday evening that the police officer briefly chased Robert E. Crimo as he drove about five miles north of where the shooting occurred before the man pulled over and was taken into custody. Amarina Garcia is a witness to the shooting. Um, I just remember seeing like smoke on the ground. We were literally close by to where it all happened. Um, I hear. I remember hearing shootings and going like, that's and then reloading and then again, and people screaming and running. It was just really traumatizing and scary. It just makes me feel like we're not safe anymore. That's Amarena Garcia, a witness to the Chicago Highland shooting. A senior UNICEF official says humanitarian aid is flowing into previously inaccessible areas in northern Ethiopia's Mbato Tigray region. He says life-saving aid is reaching hundreds of thousands of people in need thanks to the government's humanitarian truce with the Tigray People's Liberation Front. Lisa Schneier reports for VOA from Geneva. Researchers at Ghent University in Belgium estimate as many as half a million people have died from war, starvation, and other indirect causes in Tigray. This since Ethiopian military forces invaded the region November 4, 2020, in response to attacks by the Tigray People's Liberation Front. In an interview with VOA from his office in Addis Ababa, UNICEF's representative in Ethiopia, Gianfranco Rotigliano, says there's been a change since the government truce was declared in March. He says 170 trucks rolled into previously blockaded areas in April and expects that number to increase to more than 1,000 trucks a month. Rotigliano describes the needs as immense. He says more than 5 million people in Tigray require international aid, as well as an additional 7 million people in the conflict-affected Amhara and Afar regions. We have great needs in terms of uh, repairing infrastructures that were looted, that were destroyed, and the 
you know, the lack of uh, supplies in certain areas makes it also very difficult for children to get health services, to get immunization. Uh, many schools are closed, so children cannot go to school, and there are more risks for exploitation and uh, uh, sexual abuse in in. Uh, in the region. UNICEF estimates nearly 400,000 children in northern Ethiopia are malnourished. It says 80,000 severely malnourished children have been treated for this life-threatening condition this year, compared to 36,500 during the same period last year, indicating a seriously deteriorating situation. Rotiliano tells VOA priority needs include food, seed, and fertilizers, as well as cash to pay civil servants, doctors, nurses, and other essential workers who receive no salary. He says another critical issue is fuel, which is in short supply. This is a big problem because fuel is not an issue of Ethiopia. It's a global issue, as you know, with the war in Ukraine. The prices of fuel have gone up, and the and the actually the supply of fuel is has decreased. So uh, this is a big issue that we have that we are facing now. Rotiliano warns the distribution of life-saving aid to millions of people in Tigray will be severely affected if fuel supplies run out. UN agencies estimate 100 trucks carrying food, medicine, non-food items, and fuel must arrive in Tigray every day to meet the region's humanitarian needs. Lisa Schlein for VOA News, Geneva. In other news, U.S. officials have concluded that the bullet that killed veteran Al Jazeera reporter Shirin Abu Akleh was likely fired from an Israeli position. But they say it is too badly damaged to reach an absolute determination and there is, quote, no reason to believe, unquote, she was deliberately targeted. State Department spokesman Ed Price announcing the results of the probe on Monday said, quote, independent third-party examiners, unquote, had undertaken an extremely detailed forensic analysis of the bullet that killed her. Abu Akli was shot dead during an Israeli raid in the occupied West Bank in May. For more on this story and other breaking news, visit our website at voaafrica.com. Remember to connect with us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Search for VOA Africa. You are listening to VOA's International Edition. I am Chinedo in Washington. An official investigation into a recent chlorine gas tank explosion in the southern Jordanian port city of Akba found negligence was the cause of the incident, considered one of the country's deadliest in recent years. While observers said the government response was quick, allowing the gas leak to be contained and brought under control, lower-level administration needs reform and revitalization. Dave Gavlak reports from Amman. Interior Minister Mazen El-Faraya says the probe into the June 27th explosion in Aqaba showed that senior port officials bear responsibility for negligence, lack of caution, or disregard for rules and regulations, according to the investigative report. Consequently, the directors of the Jordan Maritime Commission and the Aqaba Company for Ports Operation and Management, along with other officials, have been fired. Al-Faraya also says the report would be referred to the Prosecutor General for further investigation. As a large tank of liquefied chlorine gas was being loaded by a crane in Aqaba port, a cable snapped, 
sending the tang crashing to the ground and exploding releasing huge plumes of toxic yellow smoke thirteen people were killed and some two hundred and fifty others were hospitalized alfaria says the tank's weight was three times more than the cable load capacity he added that the required safety measures for dealing with such hazardous material were not in place he said no safety attendant was on the deck at the time to check the loading and unloading procedures minister of state for media affairs faisal shabul says the government's response to the incident was professional and immediate in containing the danger he commended Aqaba's hospital saying only eight of the injured are still receiving treatment observers in jordan say that while the government response was swift they are concerned by this and other incidents including the deaths of at least six covid 19 patients in march 2021 after oxygen supplies at a government hospital in Alsalt ran out jordanian analyst amar asabeli a non-resident fellow at the washington-based stimson center tells voa these point to troubling signs in the bureaucratic structure in Jordan, we are having all signs of a kind of a crisis within the bureaucratic system. This is not the first in Aqaba. We are not tackling something new, but this crisis of the bureaucratic system is taking the form of a rolling snowball, which means it keeps giving us a sign that there is lack of discipline, professionalism. The bureaucratic system is mostly collapsing. Unfortunately, if there is no serious intervention now, we will witness new incidents. Jordanian analyst Osama El tells VOA that those who served in Aqaba port were likely appointed by someone in government at some point in time. Del Gaflak for VOA News, Amman. The West African bloc ECOWAS has lifted economic and financial sanctions against Mali's military government after it vowed to hold elections in February 2024. The move was welcomed by many Malians who have been struggling under the restrictions and the global rise in fuel and food costs. Annie Reisenberg reports from Bamako, Mali. Early Monday morning, Bamako's Grand Marché, or Central Market, slowly comes to life. On Sunday evening, regional bloc ECOWAS announced the immediate lifting of economic and financial sanctions against Mali, following a summit in Accra, Ghana. The sanctions, imposed in January after military leaders delayed elections until 2026, were lifted after leaders announced a new election timetable in June, with elections in 2024. Mali is a landlocked country and depends on its ECOWAS neighbors for trade. The economic sanctions prohibited the trade of goods and closed borders between Mali and its neighbors, with exceptions for food, fuel, and medicine. Musa Suarte sells clothing in Bamako's Grand Marché out of a small kiosk. He says his merchandise comes from Senegal, Benin, and Nigeria, all countries that were cut off from Mali during the sanctions. Taking a small break from speaking to clients, he says the sanctions made an already difficult situation worse. Everyone works a little bit here and there to make a living, he says. Especially here. It's a poor country. Our merchandise, it's not made here. We don't have those factories here. In Bamako's Asse de Mil neighborhood, a group of motorcycle taxi drivers gathered near a roundabout waiting for dispatches. Seydou Koulibaly says he only began driving a motorcycle taxi, which pays little, because of a lack of available work in Mali. He says he hopes the lifting of sanctions will open up the country to more investment and more jobs. He says the sanctions were implemented and we had a lot of difficulties. Different products became expensive and there was also the rise in gas prices. Though fuel was not subject to sanctions, gasoline prices have risen in Mali recently as they have worldwide. 
Political analyst and political science professor Kali Lucidibe says that though the lifting of sanctions is a turn in the right direction, it's too early to say how the 2024 elections plan will play out. Annie Reisenberg for VOA News, Bamako, Mali. This is Science in a Minute. The commissioning of the James Webb Space Telescope is almost complete. Each instrument has several modes of operation, and all modes must be given the final go-ahead before being considered fully commissioned. NASA reports that two of the observatory's four instruments have been fully cleared and are ready to perform their science missions. With this edition of Science in a Minute, only one mode for each of the two remaining instruments needs to be checked and readied for full operation. According to a space agency press release, NASA, in partnership with the European Space Agency and Canadian Space Agency, will release the James Webb Space Telescope's first full-color images and spectroscopic data at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time on Tuesday, July 12th. I'm VOA's Rick Pantaleo. Hey there, it's Shauna Renee, also known as the Lady DJ, inviting you to join me every Thursday at 10 and 2200 UTC for today's hit countdown. Each week, I count down the top 20 songs in pop music according to Billboard and Rolling Stone magazines, but more importantly, according to you, the VOA listeners. Again, that's Thursdays at 10 and 2200 UTC right here on VOA1. Go beyond the daily headlines with VOA's Flashpoint Ukraine. Each weekday at 2105 UTC, join me, Steve Miller, as I put the latest developments into a global context with interviews and analysis. Listen online at voanews.com slash flashpoint or in your favorite podcast player. And to all our VOA listeners, please note we have moved our programs to a new website, voaafrica.com from voanews.com there you'll find all your favorite voa radio and tv programs and a whole lot more find us on voaafrica.com and thanks for listening this has been international edition on the voice of america on behalf of the entire production team Thank you so much for listening. Visit our website for in-depth coverage of all events and news 24 hours a day at voaafrica.com. Until next time, I'm Chinerofo in Washington. Have a great day. Next, an editorial reflecting the views of the United States government. The United States is deeply concerned by the June 14th mass conviction of some 60 opposition activists in Cambodia, including Cambodian-American lawyer Thierry Seng. 
The sentencing of these opposition activists, many of whom are associated with the disbanded Cambodia National Rescue Party, is the latest instance in an alarming pattern of threats, intimidation, and persecution of opposition political leaders and parties. Convicted of treason, Thierry Sang was sentenced to six years in prison. The others received sentences of five to eight years. Thierry Sang told reporters she was ready for a sham guilty verdict. I am ready and prepared to go to the notorious Cambodian prison for my political opinions, for my beliefs, for my belief in democracy, for my belief in freedom, she said. I am ready to pay the price of prison in order that I live out my conscience and my belief in freedom and justice. U.S. Ambassador to Cambodia Patrick Murphy tweeted out, We are deeply troubled by the verdict against Thierry Sang. Freedom of expression and association and tolerance of dissenting views are vital components of democracy. We call on Cambodian authorities to release her and other human rights activists from unjust imprisonment. Prime Minister Hun Sen has ruled Cambodia for 37 years, rising to prominence in the 1980s after the defeat of the Khmer Rouge regime. The Cambodia National Rescue Party was Hun Sen's biggest political rival before it was disbanded by a court ruling prior to national elections in 2018 that led to victory for Hun Sen's Cambodia People's Party. Thierry Sang and most of the other defendants were charged over a failed attempt by the leader of the Cambodia National Rescue Party to return from exile in 2019. All Cambodians should be able to exercise their human rights, to express their views freely, to assemble peacefully and to choose their leaders, said State Department spokesperson Ned Price. We call on Cambodian authorities to release all those unjustly detained, including Thierry Sang, and protect freedoms of expression, association, and peaceful assembly, consistent with Cambodia's constitution and its international obligations and commitments. The United States stands with the Cambodian people and remains steadfast in support of their aspirations for democracy and human rights. That was an editorial reflecting the views of the United States government.